We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Rhymes Talk Radio. Did I say rums? It's that kind of night. I'm sitting here eating some ice cream with Steve Goldstein. Not together. We're in different places. Covering the first round of the draft. Pick first round of the draft. Jeez. I'm a, I'm a train wreck already, man. Been a rush getting together. Can't get the words straight, Steve. Is it the nerves? Is it yeah, the draft overall? To, you, what is it? I, I, 
I think you need to stretch the tongue out a little bit and maybe do some I exercises. Know, but I think I think you'll be fine. I think you're you, you'll you'll kill it the rest of the way. It is a different night for us. Normally, we have a big plan together. We are all prepped up in ways to put together a fully stock show tonight. It's just two guys chilling out, covering the draft. We're going to break down Steve's mock draft for the Rams for their picks tomorrow and and after. We're going to look at who these NFL teams take today. First couple of picks. We'll go maybe, it depends on how things go, maybe 10 picks, then we'll call it a night. But overall, relaxing. So you might hear appearances from my daughters if they run in here and cause any discontent <laughs> because they're still awake. It is a relaxed atmosphere for the draft. And it's teasing me buzzing in throughout the night as these picks come through. And in that case, he'll let us know who the Bengals take at number one whenever that happens here. In the meantime, how you doing, Steve? Good, good, Derek. How are you doing? Well, it's a day of joy and cheer. Finally, something sports. I, I've been waiting for this day now for a month plus, just because it's the only sports. There's been no soccer, no baseball, yeah. no football, no nothing until now. And, uh, and I, I think you're, you're obviously yeah. not the only one because I think we're all kind of chomping at the bit for for live sports. And I, th- I think the ratings on this telecast or not, well, telecast, Zoomcast, whatever you want to call it, is going to be uh, is going to be outstanding because people are just so ready to to get something sports related that's actually live. And we don't and it's not a highlight from 2015. So I think we're, we're, we're ready to roll. I mean, it's been nice to see all these throwback games for these different sports on TV, but, I mean, you want the real thing, too. I mean, when you say, I'm saying that wrong. We, it is the real thing, but you want the current thing. We want to see... Yeah. You want you, you want to find or see something that you don't know what the outcome is. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, I guess that's the best way to say it, because, you know, what, you're right, watching those throwback games are, are fun, but at the end of the day, we, we know how the 2000 and... Uh, 19 Super Bowl ended, so uh, it's it's kind of fun to uh, to to watch something that we really it's unpredictable. And any, anybody who's watched the NFL draft before always knows that in the first round, there's always a team that will come up with a pick that everybody will say, "What the hell?" So you know you just don't know, and uh, that that's what lends drama to it. The the other thing that lends drama to it is how many internet connections are going to go down and 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 and, and, and when is that going to freeze up and 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 are we going to see buffering and are we going to see it happening live and how are they going to handle that if a team is about to make their pick and all of a sudden the screen freezes so i mean that is real reality tv for you i mean you have to think that they they've thought this stuff through right that they've put time in to plan for the things that blow up, right? Right, I mean, yeah. But then again, to be honest... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you don't know. I mean, Dave, Dave Gettleman's teenage daughter might be looking at, you know, latest cat videos. And so, you know, she's taking up bandwidth. And, you know, you just never know, right? So uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be fun to watch, so... It's going to be fun to watch. It's also going to be 
interesting to see what happens come end of first round. Will teams that have a target guy there all of a sudden make the call to jump in the first round? Because the Rams can do that, by the way. They have two second-round picks. They have some draft... What's the word for it? Some, some draft capital? Capital. So, capital, yeah. I mean, I I don't think anybody here wants to see them do that just because of the fact that you need those picks right now. You need those two second-round picks. You don't want to try and shift yeah. out and lose one of them. Yeah. I, I mean, to, to get from 52 to 32, um, it, it's not going to be worth it, especially in this draft that's so deep. And you really want those picks in the second and third rounds. And it would take a lot for them to get into the first round. So I, I don't think the Rams, if you're if you're waiting for the Rams to, to somehow trade into the first round today and, and make a pick today, I think you're going to be disappointed. You're going to have to wait till tomorrow. I don't think that's going to happen. But you never know, by the way. You never know. You never know. You mean so. the Rams continually find ways to surprise us every single year with something. And we should not be surprised anymore. Anymore. If they were to pop in, in the first round, honestly, at this point, would you be surprised? If the Rams traded up into the first round? Would you be surprised? Surprised? I you probably wouldn't hear me on the podcast because I would have been passed out on the floor. So that well, would why? be the end of the podcast. You right there. Be surprised. there is n- no. You should I, not I would be surprised. Be, not not only would I be surprised, I would be I would be shocked. Where they'd have to bring the paddles out for me to bring me back. There is no way they are trading. There is Derek. There is no way. No I'm, way. Listen, you might as well go out and get a lottery ticket right now. I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they are. I'm not advocating for them doing that. What I am saying no. is that should it really – would it surprise you? I guess so. It shouldn't surprise you because we're talking about a guy who who traded two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. We're talking about a guy who's traded picks for Sammy Watkins and traded picks for – uh, Marcus Peters and and Akeem Talib. It should which, never which kinda, surprise us. But 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 that kind of underscores the fact that Les Snead doesn't really like the first round. I don't know if you saw his. Uh, they they did something yesterday where he spoke to uh, J B Long and Serena Morales is a local is mm-hmm. the local Rams reporter here, and uh, they asked him about not having a first round pick for this year and previous years and he and he made the comment the first round is for amateurs which i thought <laughs> was a great a great comment so no he is not he is not trading into the first round he's he's shown his, the success that he's had with the second through fifth rounds he's they they've had really really a high hit rate on on those picks and i think especially like i said before with the draft being as deep as it is in, in a lot of positions, not just wide receiver, but other positions as well, that um, your value is really going to come in those in those mid rounds or at least after the first day. And there is one thing I we haven't talked about yet that I think we should talk about. It's a, it's a factor that I don't think folks would 
really think about on first glance. And that is this. The, the, sorry, the Rams, in their first draft with Les Snead and Sean McVay, they zeroed in on the senior bowl guys. They mm-hmm. got a bunch of really intelligent football players. Guys who were going to put in the time, the homework. They're going to learn the system. And this year, more than any year in recent memory, those are the guys you really need to get. Because Absolutely. these guys are going to be at home much more this year leading up into training camp. We don't even know when training camp's going to be. We're hoping it's in the summer. We're hoping things go on schedule. But we don't know that. So right. yep. this year is going to be a year for the Rams to really zero in on the guys that they have traditionally gone after anyways, the smart guys, the guys who are fundamentally sound, the guys who will go home and study the playbook and learn things that they need to learn without coaches around them, self-starters. Right. That, that's, that's a great point, and um, it is – most important this year from based on the, what you had just said that th- because there is going to be very little um, off-season uh, learning time that uh, you are going to need those guys who maybe they're a little bit older maybe they're seniors and not Richard sophomores and maybe they're they were captains of their team which shows leadership so I agree they 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 like those guys traditionally but even more so this year I think it's going to be um, paramount that they have guys like that. So I, I think you, you've got something there. I think you, you, that definitely is, is, is the case. And uh, I got a couple guys like that. So um, that I think we, they, they can look forward to drafting uh, in, the, in the starting tomorrow. I, as, you, as you notice, I said starting tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm more – I'm – I got you all worked up about this trade in the first you round. You did. Do I really think yeah. they're going to trade in the first round? No. But <laughs> no. <laughs> would it really shock me? No, because Leslie will do anything. I mean, you're talking about a guy who traded down 45,000 times last draft, okay? So yeah. if there's a guy he wants, a guy he trusts and in a key position, I guess it's possible he'd move up. But like you said, this is a loaded draft, and the guys that the Rams need are going to be there in the second round, third round, fourth round. So I'm not... I'm not too sure as to why they would have to move up in the first round. And for the love of all that's good and holy, will the Bengals just pick already? Come on. Seriously. Yeah. It, well, they're, they're on the clock, and they have seven minutes and 39 seconds. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're going to try to drag it out, obviously, for the television value of it. Mel Kuyper's uh, doing his thing. So, they, you know, they, they want to make it a show, and they're going to make it last. So, obviously, we all know where Cincinnati's going with the pick. Joe Burrow will be the pick, but it hasn't been officially announced, and the clock is winding down, and my guess is they'll probably take most of the remaining seven minutes. So, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see. I think that the draft, the draft is for, for, for me, is not going to really going to start till the third pick, because I think, I think Washington... Uh, is locked into that second pick. They've resisted from all the reports. They've resisted any type of trade into the second second pick. So I think uh, your guy from Ohio State, the Ohio State University, 
is probably going to go with that second pick. But um, that's kind of where we are right now. I'm going to be doing a lot of talking early here because Burrow and Burrow's a former Buckeye and Young, former Buckeye. I have a lot, a lot to say about them. And Zach Taylor out there in Cincinnati being there will be interesting right. as well. I, yeah. I yeah. just, um, I guess it's irritating to me that you have to have a 20 minute lead in for the draft. Like, five minute fine. Broadcast starts at eight. Talk for your five minutes. Get all the, the yuckies out, the yucks, whatever, yucks out. Okay. And get in the freaking draft already. People have been waiting for this for months, and you're going to tick off viewers. They're going to take off you. Just get, come on. Yeah, they're they're just trying. They're just trying to draw it out, and and you know, first of all, they need it, they need it to to last at least three hours because that's what it's scheduled for. So they need it to last, and they 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 like the the drama. And right now, they know they're the only show in town, right? There are very there are casual football fans who would never watch the draft, who have probably never watched the draft in their life, that are turning into ABC. You know, it's on a it's 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 on a national network, not just a cable ESPN and NFL network, but it's actually on ABC as well. So people are turning in on the turning into this and or tuning into this, I should say. And, you know, so it's it's reality television right now. They have the Bengals director of player personnel uh in his looks like a den that's connected to his kitchen and his wife looks like his wife is sitting at the kitchen table so this is the kind of entertainment that you normally don't get out of a draft right that you are going to be getting i mean this is really awesome i i i I really like it so uh, maybe it's probably because i've been stuck in my my place for the last five weeks but it's, uh, I this think is it's a lot because of you're stuck in your place. <laughs> I, I, I don't care to see what these people's houses look like or any of that jazz. I don't, I don't need to see any yeah. of that. I care about what on earth is going on with what's going on with the draft, what's going on with the teams, with the players, what moves are being made. But most importantly, I care about just happening. I don't, I don't need the. the pomp and circumstance at this point. Let's get to the football because we've been waiting for it for weeks. I don't need mommy and daddy at at the table next to Dave Gettleman. Okay? When their pick comes, fine. Pay them there then. I'm here to see the draft. I'm here to see the draft. You're not really a huggy-feely type of guy, are you? I I am, but... In a normal situation, this is not normal. You're talking about a viewership, a listenership that's been been living off of recordings in old historical games yeah. for the past month and a half. And, you know, it's you want the draft. It's, it's time to make it happen. Right. But, make your freaking pick back, already. Let's talk about yeah. Joe Burrow. You know, yeah. but reports there, there's to, three minutes three minutes and 12 seconds left. But getting back to my, my other point is you do have a lot of people – who are watching this that do care about those backstories. Um, so, you know, it's going to be something that they probably will even drag on more than normal because there are a lot of people that are interested in, in Joe Burrow's background and, and Chase Young's background. So, you know, they are going to uh, kind of 
kind of drag it out. But the pick is in. The pick is in. So right now they're showing Joe Burrow's Heisman Trophy uh, speech of doing a profile on Joe Burrow. They haven't officially announced it, but they are doing the... It's uh, Joe Burrow. They're doing the the background. We all know it's Joe Burrow. So I don't know if you want to... um, to talk about Joe Burrow because you know he was he's a local Ohio guy, right? And uh, started out at Ohio State, and uh, so well, the Joe Burrow effect. It says he came from the Plains, Ohio. Well, I'll get into all that. <laughs> so. It's it's amazing the time that they uh, waste between the pick is in and announcing the actual pick because, I mean, it's not like anybody's running the draft card up to the podium, right? It's not like they need to wait from the back of the, back of the uh, ballroom to, to bring the, the card up. Like, that's the problem I have with it is you knew – there's a report out right now that the Bengals had already told Joe Burrow that he's a pick. Right. The, another report saying that they had rebuffed the Dolphins already. They, they're making their pick. If you're making the pick, just go make the pick. Why are you going to wait? <laughs> yeah. Just go make the pick. This might, this might be a long night. Okay. Roger Goodell's making the announcement. Here we the go. The Cincinnati Bengals, with the first pick in the NFL draft of 2020, select Joe Burrow, quarterback. LSU. All right, so Joe Burrow. What do you think, Derek? Well, first, I, I, I really enjoyed his tweet earlier. Five hours ago, he would make the tweet. Apparently, he said, nobody's allowed to make fun of me tonight. None of the barbershops are open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. All right. That was really so, good. So, Joe Burrow is, well, he's, he's been a little bit of a late bloomer. He competed for the Ohio State job. He faced some serious competition along the way, and he never was able to win it there. And finally, when Ohio State moved over and they brought Justin Fields in before him, it's it's hard to say. Let's just say it this way. The Buckeyes were never sold on him as their starting quarterback. They had a different style. They had a different setup. And so earlier this year, Steve, I saw all kinds of comparisons talking about Joe Burrow and, you know, how could Ohio State let him go and so on and so forth. And they poked at all the Ohio State quarterbacks in the last how many years and and how this Joe Burrow couldn't beat these guys out. And these guys were – you have to understand that Joe Burrow just didn't fit – the system that Urban Meyer had there. And he didn't fit with even with what Ryan Day is trying to do there now. So people who look at Joe Burrow's career and think, well, he only had one good year in college. Okay, that's true. But understand, he never really had the full shot at Ohio State because they relied on a different guy. Justin Fields this last year. Before that, you're talking about a first-round pick last year. Who was he? Do you remember who he was? Dwayne Haskins. 
Uh, Dwayne Haskins, right? Yeah. Okay. Before him, Braxton Miller, JT Barrett. These are guys who all won a lot of football games for Ohio State. And they all had the ability to run in some kind of way. Joe Burrow is more of a pocket guy. But what is different about Joe Burrow was he did have good instincts. He's very much a team player. And you'll notice he's really never bad at Ohio State on the way out. He's been an Ohio guy. It makes a lot of sense for me that the Bengals would take him. He knows the fan base. He knows the region. He knows how the, he knows the culture. And Zach Taylor happens to be a quarterback's guy. We know because he coached our quarterback. I think it's a very good pick for them. The one concern I would have is this. And I, and I just argued against it, is he really only did have one good year in college. So right. if the Bengals are going to expect him to come in right away and lead this team into the playoffs, I would say that's just not going to happen. He needs time to develop more. He did not get the reps in college, but do I believe he will be a solid starter in the league? Yeah, he's got the attitude for it. I think he's got a good mind for it. I just think that he needs to be in the right position. I think Cincinnati happens to be the right position. Yeah, I, I mean, you make all good points. I think he's definitely in the right system. Um, you talked about Zach Taylor being a, a quarterback's coach, and I don't know, we, we can't call him a guru yet. I think he's too young to be a guru, but uh he, you know, Burrow, like you said, is is only a one year full time starter, but that that well, actually, he he played last year though, right? Uh, the year before, he played. He played at LSU. He played at LSU. He, yeah, he played. He played. He played at LSU two thousand eighteen as well, but didn't really have uh, obviously the success. So he he's got two years in that system. I mean, the things I do really like about him is. He's got. He seems like he has really good pocket presence, and I love the way he steps up into the pocket. I love the way he keeps two hands on the ball. By the way, which is something uh, uh, our quarterback can learn from. He he's very he's very good with his ball security. Uh, he, he seems like he's a very accurate passer. Now, all this being said, he doesn't have the greatest arm in the world. Okay, he has a, He's had some great receivers at LSU. That you know, you could say made him have have made him look better than he really is. I don't know that's the case because you you see all the dimes that he drops, and he he really is a really accurate quarterback. Uh, but they do have some great receivers. The best receiver in the country last year is not even in this draft just this year. He he's he'll be drafted next year. He's from LSU, and so they he's worked with some really really good good players, and he's had. You know, he also had the best offensive line in, in college football last year. There's three guys that are going to be drafted from LSU's offensive line uh, starting tomorrow. And all three of them will probably go on the second day of the draft. I mean, that's how good they were uh, in the offensive line. And, and their center, Cushenberry, might actually get drafted today. So, you know, he's had, he's had the luxury of having a great offensive line. He's, he's got a running back that I love for our team. Uh, that he had there in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's, so he's had a lot of weapons and a lot of help around him in a system that really fit him well. So everything he had at LSU was perfect for him. He had the perfect scenario. So 
you know, I agree with you. I, I don't think any any expectations for 2020 for him to lead them to the playoffs, I, I think, is a little bit um, – those expectations are, are probably not valid. But, you know, I think he is a good, good – very, very good quarterback who could be a really, really good quarterback and, and worthy of the number one overall pick. But but from the Bengals' perspective, there was no other choice. They They – they had no other choice but to take him because they, the need is there and, and, the, and the player was there. So. The need was there. The player was there. It's also who the player is. And, you know, Joe Burrow is very well liked at Ohio. They, they, any Ohioan knows that he did not in any way throw shade at the Ohio, at Ohio State on the way out. He, he didn't leave in the world's best way, by the way. He had a good spring. He lost the job to Haskins. Um or was it Bear? I forget who it was he actually lost it to. But I think it was I think it was Barrett. But in the end JT Barrett. Yeah, it was JT Barrett, right. In the end, Barrett was never gonna lose that job. Right. And he yeah. immediately entered the transfer portal. And a lot of these guys uh, Tate Martell, transfer portal. A lot of these guys right. just booked out of there last year when it became clear that they weren't gonna win. That's a whole different issue that I have a problem with, period. But right. in terms of him going on and doing well for himself, he did it with with a lot of class. His yeah. Heisman Trophy speech, all that jazz, it shed a lot of good light. Okay, the pick, I, need, I need to interrupt you. The pick is in with the second pick in the 2000 NFL draft. The Washington Redskins select Chase Young. Defensive end, Ohio State. <laughs> so we're going to Ohio State here. So, <laughs> I mean, go with what I know, I guess. So that actually links up because you mentioned Joe Burrow being good in the pocket. Okay, well, he was lining up against guys like a Bosa. Both Bosa's, right? In practice. Right. The Ohio State used to be known for their linebackers. They've been known for their cornerbacks in the past. They're becoming known for instead for their pass rushers, okay? And you, I don't know if you guys can hear my daughter's going crazy in the background. I'm sorry for that, but that's the life of a live podcast. And she, she likes her pass rushers. What can you say? I guess so. She's screaming her head <laughs> off right now. But Chase Young, to me, has the ability to be better than either of the Bosa boys. He has, in my view, more athleticism that will carry him better in certain situations. What concerns me about Chase Young is he really only had, a, like like a Joe Burrow, one really great year. And does he have everything in his toolbox developed yet with that? Because he just jumped in and replaced Nick Bosa. That's what he did. And he probably could have done a little bit better for himself as a professional by single house it one extra year if we didn't have this whole pandemic going on. The Redskins, though, in a division with Carson Wentz, with Dak Prescott, they made the smart call here. They need you need to have a pass rush in the NFL. You must have a pass rush in the NFL. And especially when you're in the NFC. In the NFC, you have guys who will make plays at from the quarterback position from Drew Brees on down. You gotta have someone get after people, and Chase Young's your guy. His athleticism will carry him a long way if he picks up 
more and more in terms of the full fundamentals, this guy is going to be great for him. I mean, this, this, he will be great in the NFL. I think he has, again, the potential to be better than the Bosa boys. And the Bosa boys are pretty freaking good. Yeah. Well, you, you, saw, you saw what uh, Nick did for the 49ers last year as a rookie. And he really, uh, you know, a pass rusher like that makes, makes your whole defense better. So it makes your secondary better. It, it makes your uh, linebackers better. It just makes your whole defense better. And, and that's why pass rushers, rushers are at such a premium to get. And that's why they get paid the money they get paid. So uh, I agree with you in the sense that he has that potential, which is crazy considering you had all those guys at Ohio State. So it's kind of crazy the talent they had at Ohio State. But to have a guy like Chase Young to say, this guy could be better than arguably two of the top five pass rushers because Nick and Joey Bosa arguably are two of the five top pass rushers in the NFL. And to say that this guy could possibly better to be better than both of them is, is really high praise. And I don't disagree with it, by the way. I, I, I don't. So it just kind of underscores what the, you, the talent they had at Ohio State. But yeah, Chase Young is a, is a freak. I mean, physically, uh, you look at his, you look at the game tape on him and, and how often he's in the backfield. I mean, you know, he was spending uh, more time in uh, opposing backfields and uh, the team's own running back sometimes. I mean, he, he would be, he'd, he'd be there on, on almost every play. There, if, it, it was, if it wasn't a sack or a hurry, it was at least a, some type of pressure where, you know, the quarterback had to be uh, at least have his, his eye on him or at least, you know, be aware of where he is. And he wreaked havoc, you know. And you're talking about, you know, the the, the Big Ten, which is, um, you know, a, a, a great conference. So, uh, yeah, I think that was the only pick that they that the Redskins could make at that point. They obviously turned down other trade offers from from what everybody was saying. There were trade offers from Miami and uh, the Chargers, but they wanted to stay at at number two, and they they did. Now, this is where the draft starts for me. Which is interesting because the pick is now in. The Lions are making the pick, and it says the pick is in. So I don't know if it's going to be. It sounds like it's not going to be a trade, which I am a little bit shocked at. But I think if it's not a trade, I think the Lions are going to go Isaiah Simmons. But let's see. The pick is in. Detroit selects. Jeff Okuda, cornerback, Ohio State. Man, your Buckeyes are on a roll. <laughs> what's what's up with this? Oh my this, goodness! The, the deck the deck is stacked with Buckeyes. It, it is, and I knew this was going to be a good draft for Ohio State. I will say this: Okuda is the real deal. He will do very well in the NFL. I know you mentioned Simmons. I, there are other options for Detroit, but they just lost Darius Slay. They traded him away, and. Here's his replacement right away in Okuda. And Okuda actually has more developing to do. The, the thing about Ohio State that many people don't understand is that because they are pretty much loaded with talent, you get guys who are leaving that school for the pros who probably could do better within their years staying there. And there, there you go. Another example, Okuda, gone. And he's going to do great up there with Matt Patricia in the Lions. I love the idea of him playing on yeah. Patricia and defense he has up there. He's going to be a solid guy, a solid pro NFL. I don't know that he'll be an all pro. I don't. I know other people have different views on him. I still need to see more from him 
at Ohio State. He yeah. did a great job, but he didn't start at the position I, I, long I, enough there. Yeah, I, I don't like this pick at all, to be honest. I, I I think if they had offers, like everybody said, they had offers to, to trade down. And, and who knows, maybe they didn't have offers or, or good enough offers in their mind. Obviously, they didn't because they didn't take the trade. But I, I'm sorry. I, I would have, if I couldn't trade out of this spot, I would have taken Isaiah Simmons. Uh, to me, Simmons is a is a generational, much like Chase Young, in a different capacity, though, because Isaiah Simmons can do everything on the football field defensively. He can play multiple positions. He is um, such a such a game changer on defense. And I think the Lions are going to rue this pick. I, I really think this was not a good pick for them. Uh, again, I, I would have traded, traded out of the pick. If you're saying Akuda needs some work and he may not be an all-pro, well, with the third pick in the draft – uh, to me, that's not good enough. That is just not good enough. So, I you know, and, and as a cornerback, that's a, a corner, a cornerback with the third pick in the draft. Again, unless that guy is going to be a superstar or it has been, I, I, I don't get it. I don't like this pick at all. I, I, I don't disagree with you. The Lions have a lot of needs. They do, and if. You got a good offer. There are there's a lot of talent in this draft. You probably should have moved back. Yeah, but I understand I mean, I, why I, they did it. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I, 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 I think we'll be talking three years from now, and you're going to be saying much like how teams passed on Aaron Donald. How did the Detroit Lions pass on Isaiah Simmons? And I, I really think. Hopefully this 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 podcast is recorded so you could play it back and you know throw it in my face maybe three years from now, but I don't understand how they don't take Isaiah Simmons. I, it just it boggles my mind. So uh, again, a, a cornerback, yeah, cornerback's a, a, an important position, but I, I, again, it's just to me it's just it's just a bad pick. I'm almost gonna go like. Mel Kuyper and say the Detroit Lions don't understand what this draft is all about. So, I mean, see, I think you're taking it a bit far though, considering who they lost. When Darius Slay was at his best on that defense, he was one of the shutdown cornerbacks in this league. And Detroit they never made the playoff, but, but but yeah, but but they but the, are they going to make the playoffs with Simmons right now? No. Okay, so, but if oh, you with have, Isaiah Simmons, they're going to be with Isaiah Simmons. They would be a lot better defense than with Jeff Okuda playing cornerback. Well, well, I, I will tell you that. Think of yeah. Just think of though in terms of the Rams. Just let's put it back in terms of the context of our team, the Rams. Why in the world has Les Snead gone out there and gotten a Marcus Peters and a Keeb Talib and Jalen Ramsey? Traded two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey. That's a guy you that is a guy who is a shutdown corner who will provide more for your pass rush. Can Akuda become that guy? Yes, he can. And that's what the Lions are counting on. Can he be a shutdown guy who will force teams to think twice about going to him and therefore making that quarterback take more time? That's part of the deal that comes with a, a shutdown corner. Now, you're right. In my view, Steve, you're right if he does not develop into that shutdown corner. 
Yeah. Well, it, you know, Akuda wasn't Akuda. First of all, was wasn't Jalen Ramsey in, in college? J, Jalen Ramsey was a far superior player, in my opinion, than Jeff Akuda for one. But they traded for Ramsey when he was already an established Pro Bowler in the NFL, and obviously the, a draft. The draft is a crapshoot. You know, they've been showing previous drafts from the last uh, few years. And, and it's a pretty amazing in the first round how many guys uh, were either bus or, you know, close to bus, where they only played a few years in league or were only uh, effective for a couple years in the league and then and then kind of petered out. But, you know, I, I just I, I'm just a big Isaiah Simmons fan. And I, you know, for me personally, I don't see how a guy who can affect all three levels of the field like Simmons can compares to a guy who's a cornerback who was a really nice cornerback at Ohio State and can be a shutdown corner maybe the jury's still out on that but he's not like is he a super playmaker like a but Simmons is, he is a I, good I playmaker so. I think you but, need, he, yeah. but he is I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about who he is compared to who Ramsey is I'm talking schematically when you're scheming in game, what is the value of that shutdown corner? The Lions obviously believe that he is. I'm not saying it's a great pick, Steve. I'm just saying that yeah. it's not that it's not as big of a reach as you a reach as you think it is, considering what Slay contributed to that defense when he was healthy over there. Yeah. Well, I think they they picked up uh, Marcus Trufant also from the Falcons, so I think they have him at at one of the other corner positions. So. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, the other thing for me is if you could trade out of a pick, and as we say this, the Giants pick is in, but if you could trade out of a pick and accumulate more picks, to your point, they knew, they need a lot of help. The Lions need a lot of help. Uh, why not, in a draft that's deep like this, you know, accumulate some, some draft picks where, you know, they conceivably, if if they were getting offers from the Dolphins and the, and the Chargers who were coming up to get a quarterback, conceivably, they could have moved back two, three spots, picked up an extra two or three and still gotten a CUDA. Right. So and I don't disagree. That's, that's kind of where I come from that. So I don't disagree. If you but can trade out. I here, am but- surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised the Giants are. Have made the pick too, so this is kind of shocking to me that the the Giants have made the pick and uh, they haven't traded back. But we'll see. But there's there might not be really a need for teams to, to trade back or teams to trade up for that matter because it's a deep draft. It's not top heavy to the point where you can't get somebody in ten and fifteen. Right. Twenty. But unless you're one of those teams that really need or want a quarterback, and maybe the Chargers and the and the and the Dolphins are saying, you know what? We have concerns about Tua's medical, and we don't want to we don't want to give up anything more than where we're sitting. And if we don't get him, we don't get him. But so it, it's going to be interesting. So the Giants pick is in. So I think the Giants should go Isaiah Simmons, even though their need is on offense, uh, an offensive tackle to protect uh, Daniel Jones. But I really think Isaiah Simmons should be the pick here. I will stay on his the Isaiah Simmons tra- uh, train until he is picked. But apparently, we will see. The Giants general manager, Dave Gettleman, is, is in his home office surrounded by throw pillows and a towel that says New York Giants pride. So he's got a, And he's got a big screen TV that's literally 
three two feet from him so i don't know how that's going to work out by the end of the night so just waiting for the pit to come across yeah it's it's a, like i said it's pretty amazing that uh they they tell you the pick is in and then they take up all this time so here's a point that i want just kind of top off the ohio state thing i'm kind of okay. going through the whole latest tweets on twitter there's some funny ones here yeah. we should read them Kaylee Whitehead at Kaylee well, R. Whitehead. I got to I got to interrupt. The New York Giants with the fourth selection select Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, Georgia. Well, there you go. And for me, he's the best t- tackle in the draft. So, from the Giants' perspective, uh, I'm not d- that down on this pick because they definitely needed a tackle. And to me, Thomas was the best tackle in the draft. No, it's a pick they need to do. It's not pretty, but... Yeah, it's not sexy. Right? They need it. Right. they, they got to protect the quarterback there. That's something they've been doing for a long time. I would say that they have needed that for about a good five, six years. I, you, well, you they drafted, put, they've drafted some busts there. <laughs> I mean, my gosh. Do you think he'll be a bust? Where do you, how do you evaluate him? No, I, I, you know, look, we, we're being Rams fans. We're kind of skittish going all the way back to Alex Barron, Alex Barron, Jason Smith, Greg Robinson. You know, we've drafted our, our share of uh, left tackles very, very early. That didn't really turn out uh, the way we wanted them to. But I like Andrew Thomas a lot. Uh, like I said, I thought he was the best left tackle in the draft. Uh, they come from, you know, the, the, obviously playing left tackle in the SEC. Uh, he's going against great pass rushers pretty much pretty much every week and they run the ball very well there in georgia they they've always run the ball well they've always had had good backs but they've also also have had some pretty good offensive linemen there so yes i i do like this pick for the giants uh, I gl- i'm glad for my giants friends uh who i've had discussions with about this pick that they they went with thomas because there was discussions about a couple of other guys uh, like Becton with Louisville, who it, I think is a boomer bus guy. But I think Thomas, like I said before, is best left tackle in the draft. They 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 took the safe in my mind. They took the safe pick because they needed a left tackle, and so uh, I'm I'm okay with this pick. You, oh boy, I'm, I'm I think it's a good <laughs> pick for them. I can hear my daughters. I can't I can't hear them, and I am going to have to do. A dad priority thing, and let them come in for okay. a minute. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Put them on the put them on the mic. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not sure you want to. You're on the four year old the mic, but you'll hear them. And meanwhile, we're wait, we haven't even gotten to your mock draft yet. The just funny tweets or good points. Kelly Whitehead writes with the top three draft picks were once teammates. NFL draft. So, what does that tell you about? Ohio State. And I, I have two different ways I can take it. A, they're super, super talented. B, mm-hmm. why the heck did they not win a national title? Yeah. Yeah, that, those are both I mean, really good Both really good points. Is like, a, how do you have that talent? In that one day we'll have that conversation about Urban Meyer and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, so that, my, that, that, that talent. That talent is uh, is pretty incredible when it comes to the NFL. And if you look at all the guys in the NFL that were former Buckeyes, so so both little girls are here now. 
They've hopped into oh. the room for the NFL draft special for Rams Talk Radio. How about that? So they they came over to say hello. Then they're over there on the floor. Just oh, what, what, I'm sorry. What 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 so, are their names? So Sierra, say hello to Steve and the Rams Talk Radio audience. Go ahead and say hello. Hi. That's it. Hey what, Sierra. What's your favorite how, football how are team? You, how, Rams. <laughs> <laughs> good, good answer. That's taught you well. How old are you, Sierra? I wonder how old you are. How old are you? Four years old. Okay, so four. you're four years old. Wow. And eat. one more time. Eat. One more time, and my other girl say eat. One more time. Tell eat. people, say, say it with eat. me. Go Rams. Ready? One, eat. two, three. Go Rams! There we go. Go Rams. Perfect. Perfect. So, I love the right. enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> might have a, you might have a future podcast. It's so funny. <laughs> we, we, we might. We might have. We, we think we might have a future in podcasting. Sierra, what do you think? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Okay. And then, oh, and Alyssa. Alyssa, you want to say hello? Say hello in the microphone? Hi. Say hi. 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 Alyssa. And, and how old are you? Hi. Okay, Hi. <laughs> how old are you? Are you two years old? Mama. What, mama? Okay, go to mama. Mama. <laughs> so she saw my ice cream bowl. So there we go. It is time for my little girls to go to bed. And don't hit the microphone, lady. So in our live show, my daughters invade by my, with my permission to say hello. We normally keep them blocked out, but they're being loud anyway. So we might as well let the audience meet them. And... We have at least one Rams yeah. fan now. We're working on the other one. We'll get her going. So, <laughs> all right, girls. Go on. Yeah, it's late there. It's late there at East Coast time. They are up late. They are yeah. up late. So, any other tweets real quick, just that I found interesting, that have come across the board here. Here we go. I, I laughed at this one. This is after hours at quote... Me or else. I have no <laughs> idea who this person is. He wrote, Booger McFarland is the least essential employee on the planet, and you all know it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Booger, because he takes the heat, man. Yeah, he, he's, he's kind of terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I kind of I, – I, I, and I, I, I tried to form my own opinions and not let other people influence me, but he, he, on Monday Night Football, man, it, it's – you know, sometimes it's entertaining, but sometimes he just says things that are just like ridiculous. And he so, just, yeah, I don't know. I think they stuff. could do. I think they could do better. I think. I think uh, uh, Monday Night Football could do could do better than him. But we'll see. So I don't mind the the play by play by guy guy. No, but, but you know it's the, been the so Dolphins, long, Steve. Do- what to have money to have Monday Night Football? No, what I'm saying is it's been so long since. We've had a really good Monday night booth. Like it oh. used to be the premier NFL broadcast of the weekend. Yeah. Well, you know, when you, if you go back to the Al Michaels days with, you know, with Madden, and the Dolphins pick is in. So with the fifth pick, the Miami Dolphins select. Drum roll. Tua Tagovailoa from quarterback, Alabama. I'm proud of you. I know. I, I, butchered, I, butch, I butchered. No, I butchered I that. <laughs> I butchered that. But anyways, Tua, Tua T is very happy and excited. And I am sure South Beach is going crazy right now. And if we did not have a, uh, a lockdown, I would love to see a 
camera shot of South Beach right now because I'm sure they'd be going crazy. I, I think this is a great pick for them. I, the medicals aside, I, I know there's a lot of uh, interest in whether his hip is going to hold up or not. But from everything I've read and from the, what the doctors were saying, and we don't really know, but if he can stay healthy, I think he is the best quarterback in the draft. And I really believe that. And I, you know, there's no stage that is too big for him. I think he's going to be their starter whenever the 2020 season gets underway because I, I think he's I think he's ready. I think he's ready to, to, to take the next step. And I, I think this is a great pick for the Dolphins. You know, I disagree. I do. And the reason why I disagree is not – it has nothing to do with Tua. It has nothing to do with the Dolphins, okay? The Dolphins have not had a legit quarterback. One – I'm talking franchise quarterback in forever, okay? Mm-hmm. Since Dan Marino. And you've spent the last how many years now compiling draft picks and selling off your capital to try and be there for this loaded 2020 draft – you take the best guy in terms of performance, but the one guy that we're going to question more than anything about whether or not he'll stay healthy for a career. You need this guy to be a hit. You need to land this pick. You cannot in any way fail here. If you're the Dolphins, other teams can get away with it because they have talent elsewhere. Miami's been essentially rebuilding for this draft alone. They unloaded pretty much everybody that had value in preparation for this draft. And this is a starting point. Tua's injury concerns to me are legitimate concerns. And I hope, I hope that none of the concerns I'm expressing, Steve, ever matter. I hope that I'm dead wrong and he has a wonderful career. But in terms of everything Miami did to get to this point, it's a problem. Well, yeah, I, I, I will disagree because I, I think if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going anywhere. And I, I think obviously uh, the quarterback position in football is the most important position there is. More important than a middle linebacker, more important than a left tackle, more important than a running back, more important than a shutdown corner is the quarterback. You need to have a quarterback. If you don't have one, your franchise has zero chance, not zero, has a, has a very small chance of, of succeeding and winning a Super Bowl. And history has pretty much shown that. So I, I love this pick for Miami. Miami needed a quarterback. They... They think, obviously, that for the fifth pick in the draft, they think his medicals are fine. Um, they had they had to take a chance, you know. Sometimes you, you have to take. Sometimes in life, you just have to take a chance. And they and and because of you know where we are and the situation that we're in now, they weren't a, they weren't able to you know do a complete medical with their own doctors. But I'm sure they had their own doctors look at all the scans. And they were satisfied enough to say, hey, you know, even if he gives us six years, we're good with it. Or five years. You know, the contract, the rookie contract is five years. 
on the in the first round because they'll have that that additional year. So even if he gives us five years, we're okay with that. So, you know, they also have two other picks in in the first round too. So they're going to get him some help. They're going to get him some help. They'll probably get him a left tackle. You know, they'll probably get him a running back. So I I think I think it's a great pick for the Dolphins and. Any of my friends who are Dolphins fans, I'm very happy for you. And that's fine. This is not one of those cases where I think your point is horribly wrong. I just look at it and go, in the Dolphins-specific situation, you can't afford to mess this up. You need to have the guy whose health is clear. But for all we know, maybe they try to move up and get Burrow, for example. Maybe they try to get move up and get that pick for him, and they weren't able to. I just wouldn't be willing to risk my franchise's future on a guy with those injury concerns when I've been putting together everything for this particular draft. Like I said, it's different if, let's just say you're the Rams in 2016. The Rams had talent there already. They just needed to get over the hump. Honestly, that's what they needed. They needed to get over the hump. Jared Goff sitting there, we can argue that Jared Goff picked to our blue in the face, but he's there. You go get him. You have other pieces there. That's not the case in Miami. And therefore, you can't afford to be wrong. The quarterback is the most, position, most important position. That's why you have to get it right. And that's my concern. But it doesn't matter. Now, he's gone. He's taken. And we still have not gotten to your mock draft. So as we're we waiting haven't. for... So as we're so waiting the char- for... The charger... Right, the Chargers pick is in for the oh, right. for the TV, but but as we know, there's always a delay, right? So should I give should I give us the, the first yes, pick at fifty two we'll for, for the Rams? We will never pick? get there. My first pick is Clyde Edwards Hilaire from LSU, the running back, Joe Burrow's running mate there at LSU. I've watched three or four games um, recently of LSU. And every time I see this guy, I'm going to make a comparison. This is, and, and I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Fame running back, and I'm not going to say he's obviously as good as the guy I'm about to mention. But I want to, I want to compare a running style and it, also in terms of height and weight because they're, they're very similar height and weight. And that's Barry Sanders. He's, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is five foot seven. He's 205 pounds. He's a, he's, a, he's a little bowling ball, but not a bowling ball in terms of a Mark Ingram type. He's, he's a lot quicker. He's got great feet. He is very hard, much like Barry Sanders, to knock off his feet. And I'm going to interrupt myself here in a, in a second because the Chargers select with the sixth pick, Justin Herbert, quarterback, mm. Oregon. The Chargers got their quarterback to play in SoFi Stadium. Yeah. So that was kind of uh, that. That was kind of predictable, I think. But mm-hmm. you know, credit to the Dolphins and the Chargers. They didn't have to move. They didn't have to give up additional draft capital, and they got their guys. They got the guys they wanted. And obviously, the Chargers wanted Herbert over over Tua, and because they otherwise they probably would have tried to jump over him uh, over Miami. And now they got their guy. So I am not a huge Justin Herbert fan. Um, 
and I usually love big quarterbacks who can who can run who are athletic, and, and the Josh Kelly type because he's kind of like a Josh Kelly type clone guy because he is big and and he's also got a lot of athletic ability, but there's something about him. It's just I don't know that the accuracy is there with him. Um, it may come. He's six six. He's a really big quarterback. He's he's at that limit. Six six for me is is pretty much the limit of height because I think once you get into the six seven, six eight foot range, and history has kind of bore this out, I think quarterbacks are less effective. So I don't want to say he's too tall, but he is six six and a quarter. So he, he's he's almost for me for my taste, anyways, almost too tall. But that being said. You know he's he's got a lot he's got some upside to him and um, he's a smart kid and you know he's he's athletic so it might be the pick for the Chargers. He's certainly not better or going to be better than our quarterback, but um, this is who they they got and I don't know that he'll start his first year. I mean they have Tyrod Taylor there who they they might want to sit Herbert for for a while to see how Tyrod Taylor does. But, you know, they're trying to sell seats in a new stadium. And I don't know that Tyrod Taylor sells seats. So from that perspective, well, he will in the sense that he's young and he's new and nobody knows too much about him and people are going to be anxious to see him. So I think initially, um, you know, once that all wears off, it's all about winning, but you know, there you have it. Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert. So, anyways, I was getting back to my Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comparison to Barry Sanders, which some people might be listening to this right now and and saying, "What what what the heck's wrong with you?" But again, I'm not saying he's he's a Hall of Fame running back. He's going to be picked probably in the second round, and so. That being said, I, I think he would be a great complement to Daryl Henderson. He's the kind of guy that will carry the ball you know, for you for 14, 15 carries. Let Henderson get his 14, 15 carries. Not that they're going to – that's a lot of carries. But they, he's got an explosiveness about him that he doesn't have the long, long-term speed uh, like, like Henderson has long speed, right? He, he'll, he'll break when he gets on the open. You're probably not going to catch him. Edward Hilaire is not that guy. He 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 will get caught from behind. But man, some of his jump cuts at the line of scrimmage and the holes that he finds and the vision that he has, and those are all things that those are all traits that Barry Sanders had. The great vision, the great jump cuts. Um, you know, uh, Sanders is a little bit faster than him, but I, I, I make those 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 comparisons in terms of their running style to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So he would be my first pick. I'm I'm. I'm hoping that he's going to be there. The mock drafts are all over the board in his case, uh, as they tend to be in, in a lot of cases. Uh, I mean, there are mock drafts that have him, have him going at the end of the first round. I, I don't know that's going to happen. I think he might be the the third guy off the board in terms of running backs. I think DeAndre Swift is the number one guy. And, and I think J.K. Dobbins is probably the number two guy. But I like Edward Tolaire there at 52. If he's there, I'm zooming the card up because I, I just think he would be a great complement to the office. The offense. The other th- thing about him is he is a fantastic receiver out of the backfield. He's got wide receiver type hands, and um, 
he's got big hands for a shorter guy. So his catching ability will be really valuable in a Sean McVay type offense where they'd like to get the running back involved. And I think they, you know, he, he's, he's not Todd Gurley from 2017, but I think he's a great, great compliment to Daryl Henderson and a Malcolm Brown committee. I think that would get the draft off to a flying start. Just want to note, too, for those who are concerned about his height, I wouldn't be concerned about his height at all. Running backs for the longest time were 5'8", 5'9", 5'. And they trended tall for a while, and now it seems to be trending back towards 5'8", 5'9", guys. It depends on what you need. And sometimes you need those guys who will stay low to the ground, because they're height, you know, who can have that bend to them. They can sneak through holes that these taller guys aren't going to get through. So it's not a bad thing to be a shorter player as a running back. It's not. It used no, to be absolutely the time. not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and if you think about it, if you go kind of go through NFL history and, and think about some of the all-time backs, uh, with the exception of a few guys, Eric Dickerson is a taller back, O.J. Simpson was a taller back, but if you, you go through and you look at, look at guys like Barry Sanders, look at a guy like Emmett Smith coming out of Florida who ran a very similar time to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a 4-6, right? And Emmett Smith fell to the mid-rounds because of that. And he was a shorter guy who, you know, had this choppy running style. And, and, and you know, look, look what Emmett Smith is. So you could, you could argue some of the best backs that ever played the game were shorter guys. Um, so I, I would love this pick. Uh, I, again, I, I don't know that he falls, even if he falls in the second round, the 52 is, is kind of mid second round, right? So they'd have to, they'd have to hope and pray that, uh, and sweat out Friday, Friday, early evening, or for you Friday night that, uh, that he's still there at 52. But, but I would, I would love that pick at 52. I, I don't disagree. I have my preferences. I'm hoping they're there. But it's not a bad pick at all. What's, what's your next one? So my, my next one, I, I know there's a lot of talk about the wide receivers here. And there are a, a lot of wide receivers. In, and I am of the opinion that wide receiver is definitely a need. Uh, uh, one of the top top needs here. But... I really like the linebacker from Texas Tech. I don't know how comfortable I am right now today going in to the season with, and I like Micah Kaiser, but you still need another one, right? So I'm not that comfortable with having maybe Trevin Howard or a Kenny Young or a Troy Reader as my every down or at least, you know, couple downs uh, inside linebacker. So I'm looking at a guy named Jordan Brooks. The Panthers pick is now in with the seventh pick. The Carolina Panthers select Derek Brown, defensive tackle, Auburn. Okay, so need- this is a great, great pick for them. Okay, but back to your pick, though, with Brooks. Yeah. yeah. What do you like about him? What is special about him? Brooks is a he's – a, first of all, he's a four-year starter at Texas Tech, Okay. He was a captain, I believe, in his sophomore year. He 
runs in the four fives, the low four fives. He's a sideline to sideline tackler. He's a sure tackler. He's a smart guy. Like I said, he was a captain, and we talked about that earlier, how we really want guys who are cerebral, who are leaders, who are captains, who are self-starters, self-learners in the environment that we're in right now. So all of those things about him, I, I really like a lot. Um, and again, played in a Power 5 conference, had a lot of tackles, a lot of production. And I really, I really like Jordan Brooks at 57. And again, with a lot of these mock drafts, you know, it's kind of all over the board where he goes. I mean, there, there, there's mock drafts that have him. I saw a mock draft today that had him going to 32 to Kansas City. So you don't really know. But I think he's a guy that falls into, the, into our range in, in mid-second round. So um, without, you know, trying to have uh, rose-colored glasses for every pick in terms of guys falling, I, I think, I think he, there's a really good chance that he's there at 57. So I would, take, I would take Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech. Why do you think he falls? Um, I think one... The position isn't, um, you know, you got to understand. Some teams run that the 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 three four, and some teams run the four three, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes the player, even though he's a really good player, doesn't fit a particular system, right? So, I mean, there's argument you can make for Brooks that he he'll, he would fit a four three, but I I think he's probably better in a three four as an inside linebacker. And, uh, again, like I said, he could just cover uh, – he, he can cover the field. He's pretty good in coverage, but even if you wanted to take him out of, co- of, uh, of in a dime package where you bring in a guy like Trevin Howard or you bring in another safety and let Taylor Rapp play down in the box, you could do things like that. But he's, he's too good a talent at 57 in terms of a need that we have at inside linebacker to pass up, in my opinion. So, for those reasons, I like him. Now, Arizona's pick is number eight, obviously in the NFC West. So, we're interested in this, in this pick. Uh, we don't know exactly where they're, where they're going to go. But it, I am going to be upset if they take Isaiah Simmons. Because oh, Isaiah Simmons, it, yeah, Isaiah Simmons is going to be, would be in our division for a long time to, come wreaking havoc and i hoping that that is not the pick from a rams perspective although for them it would be in my mind they're the the, he's the best guy without a doubt it's not even close that he's the best guy available so um we'll have to we'll have to wait on that so but yeah going back to brooks i i think i think he would be a plug-and-play starter from day one. I think you would, you would plug him in along with Micah Kaiser at, as part of the, your inside linebacking core, and he would be the, the plug-and-play starter. And if you found that he wasn't great in pass coverage, you could always you know, sub him out, like I said, in, in, in some sub packages. But I, I really like him a lot and, and hoping that he's going to be there. With the eighth pick, the Arizona Cardinals select... Drum roll. Well, it's Isaiah Simmons, outside linebacker, Clemson. We are not happy as Rams fans right now, Derek. 
This guy's going to wreak havoc. So break it down for us. Isaiah Simmons is that generational, you you hear that cliche a lot, right? The generational type player. Um, He he was only like a three-star recruit coming out of high school. But this guy developed into, he played safety at Clemson. He's played all the linebacker spots. He could be a rush defensive end edge type player. He does everything well. And I would say he does everything great because no matter what you ask him for, ask him to do, he can do it because he has that type of athletic ability. He has the smarts. He has the will. He is a guy that is going to be a Brian Erlacher type. You remember when Erlacher came out of school? He was a he was actually a, a safety at New Mexico, and he quickly became the face of the Bears defense. And Isaiah Simmons is is that kind of guy where he started out as a safety, gained weight, and now he's a tackling machine. They're putting up on the TV six three five ace two thirty eight. I mean, the guy is a monster. He's he's all over the field and. and and he's the kind of guy that affects a game on defense, who could really change a game on defense. So I am not happy about this, Derek. I am really, really not happy that he fell to to, to Arizona. But, you know, what are we going to do, right? We're going to have right to. Nothing <laughs> you can do. This is what so, it is. But can it you. Is, it is. It is. What is what's your, how's your third round look for the Rams? So th- this this is where it, it gets a little bit more interesting um, for me because now with the 84th pick, and, and again, this is obviously subject to them not, not trading around and jumping around and acquiring more picks in the top 100. But with the 84th pick, again, this is a guy who three weeks ago, you saw him in the three, – three, four weeks ago, you saw him in the sixth, sixth round, fifth, sixth round. 180 on some guy's draft board. But I have been watching these Texas games, and I was a big fan of of Colin Johnson, who is Johnny Johnson's son, by the way. Colin Johnson is a wide receiver at Texas who will be drafted in this in this draft as well. He he'll probably go in the mid rounds. But I thought he was going to come out last year, and I I, I love Colin Johnson as a, a big six six, you know, receiver in the red zone. But this is his his teammate at Texas. This guy's name is Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay was the Texas high school 100-meter sprint champion. Now, this is Texas high school. This is not, you know, this is not Rhode Island uh, high school uh, state champion. This is this is a guy who can fly. This is a guy who's got what we will call world-class speed. He ran a 4.38 at the combine, and I heard he wasn't happy about that. So if you look at the, the film, and again, I've been looking at a lot of ESPNU has been running a lot of the college games from last year, and I've been watching a lot of the Texas games. And if you look at him against LSU, he dominated. And even though you know his, his stats are a bit inflated because he, he, he led the NCAA with 106 catches, and, and it's slightly inflated because he 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 caught a lot of like bubble screens, right? One of Sean McVay's favorite plays, the bubble screen to the to to the uh, 
not not the bubble screen. I'm sorry, the wide receiver screen. Um, so he caught a lot. He he caught a lot of wide receiver screens, and so that kind of inflated his catch total. But there's there's a couple things about him. He has tremendous like unlike Brandon Cooks, because he he does catch the ball in the sense that he's got very very strong hands. He's got really good hands. Arguably, he's got some of the best hands in this draft. Him him and Van Jefferson from Florida probably if you talk or if you look at a lot of the the scouting reports ha- have the two of the best hands in in the draft. So not only do you have the combination of speed and the ability to track the football, he made a catch. I think it was against it was either LSU or or Oklahoma. I can't I can't remember the the team that they were playing, but he made a catch that was very reminiscent of Brandon Cooks's catch over his shoulder in the NFC Championship game. And he he makes those types of catches. He's great at tracking the ball. Uh, if you saw him at the combine, you, you saw the, saw the same thing, and you see the hands. Uh, Sean McVay loves to say those aggressive, the aggressive hands. That's one of his favorite uh, uh, terms. Aggressive hands. He's got aggressive hands, and he's got the speed to go along with it. His route running is going to take going to take some time to develop, but this guy is totally a Brandon Cooks replacement in the sense that he will be able to stretch the defense when he's when he's out there wide the safety's going to have to be paying attention to him because he will take the top off the off the defense and he will be able, able to make the catch so i love devin duvernay at 84 uh, i hope that he's there at 84 if they took him at 57 you would get no argument from me because again his 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 mock is all over the board. I've seen him mocked in the second round. I've seen him mocked in the fifth round. So it's going to be interesting uh, what teams really think about him. But I think he is he is a player in this league, uh, and 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 immediately I, I love his build because he's got that sprinter build where he's got the he's got the big thighs and. Uh, much like, unlike Brandon Cooks, who was obviously very fast as well, who also ran a four three at the forty uh, at the combine. Brandon Cooks was very slight below his waist, right? He he had very thin legs, and uh, arm tackle pretty much brought him down. But if you look at Duvernay, he's not he's he's built like a sprinter. He's built with big thighs, and so, anyways, that's I, I got a bit of a bro crush, as you can probably tell, mm-hmm. on Devin Duvernay, <laughs> but. But that's my pick. That's my pick at number 84. All right. So let's see who's next in the docket here for the draft. So, yeah, the Jaguars pick is in. Uh, We are just waiting on the the Jags pick. They're taking a a wide shot of somebody's somebody's place. I guess they've got a camera on the rooftop of some some place. But... uh, the Jags, the Jags here at number nine. We're just kind of humming along here at number nine. So, where are the Jaguars going to go? They're going to go defense. They're going to go offense. Um, it's it, this is an interesting pick because they they have a, they have a lot of needs. Uh, you could see the first wide receiver taken here. You could see Jerry Judy going off the board here. I, they just cut Marquise Lee, by the way, who was just picked up by the Patriots today. Um, but. I could see Jacksonville going wide receiver here. 
And the pick is in the ninth pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Select CJ Henderson, cornerback, Florida. There you go. So they went defense. They went defense. He he was he's pretty much the consensus second best cornerback in the draft behind Okuda. So this is a good pick. I mean they needed they needed help in a lot of areas. So he's he's a good he's a Florida he's a Florida kid, so he gets to stay uh in his hometown in his home state. So CJ Henderson is, is a is a is a really good player. So the next pick for you for the Rams mock draft. How's so where are you going here? Now we're humming we're humming along here. So we just picked Devin Duvernay at eighty four and we're gonna go one oh four now. And now I think I'm going edge rusher. And I can't believe that this guy is still there at 104, Derek. I'm, I am astounded by the fact that this edge rusher is there at 104. This guy dominated the Senior Bowl. If, if you had a chance to, to, watch, to rewatch or watch the Senior Bowl, he, he absolutely dominated. Uh, he, had, he had three sacks within about three seconds. I exaggerate, but there was like three sacks within like four plays or five plays. He is the all-time sack leader at the University of Utah. He had 30 sacks there, and he is available. His name is Bradley Anai, defensive end, edge rusher, University of Utah. All right, so why is he available, though? What is holding him back, and what will he need to, do, what will he need to develop into what you think he'll be in with the Rams? Uh, he didn't have a great, a great combine, uh, so, and, and I take... I love it when guys don't have great combines. I'll tell you another guy who didn't have a great com- combine. He wears number 18 for us. Cooper Cup ran a very slow 40. So I and I loved it when I saw Cooper Cup's 40 in the combine because I was on Cooper Cup a long, long before. I was on Cooper Cup since since they had the Senior Bowl in which he dominated Senior Bowl also. So you see a trend, right? And you had mentioned at the top of the show about how Les Snead loves his Senior Bowl guys. Well, this guy. Had a great senior bowl, great practices at the senior bowl, but the combine was not good for him. And I think he drops for that reason. And again, he's another guy. It's all over the board. Two months ago, you saw him at the top of the first round. And I thought, oh, there's no way they could get him. This was right after the senior bowl. And I thought, well, there's no way they're going to be able to get him because he's not going to be there at, at 52 or 57. But now I see the guy dropping, and not just in one or two or three mock drafts. Like everywhere I see the guy dropping. So I could see him being there at 104, and I think that he would be an immediate contributor. Well, obviously on special teams, but with pick 104, to get a guy who will be part of the regular rotation in terms of edge rushers, along with Oboe and Samson and uh, Leonard Floyd, who will be there probably on first downs only. Um, I, I, see, I see a guy like Bradley Anai coming in and being part of that rotation where you can keep guys fresh going into the fourth quarter. So I really like Bradley Anai. I think he plays right away uh, a significant role, and he's there at number four. And so now you've got four guys that we've, we've mocked to the Rams who are going to be contributors in 2020. So I'm feeling pretty good about this draft so far. Right, well, who's next on your board? So as the Browns 
pick is in, but we know they take some time. Oh, I'm sorry. The Browns pick is in. Jedrick Wills Jr., offensive tackle, Alabama. So there you go. The Browns needed a offensive tackle, and they got their offensive tackle, Jarek Wills. Jarek Wills was played right tackle for Alabama, but only because Tua is a left-handed quarterback, and they wanted to protect his blind side. But Jedrick Wills, uh, in my mind, he was probably the third best tackle. I, I still like Tristan Wirfs from Iowa more than Wills, but uh, obviously the Browns felt differently, and they've got a big stud out of Alabama. So you can't really go wrong with a another tackle from the SEC, uh, c- you know, considering what they've uh, what they've accomplished in terms of Alabama, in terms of what you know the success they've had, not just throwing the football, but but running the football as well. So I think this is this is a good pick for the Browns. It's, they got to develop him, though, away, like you said, away from the right side of the line to the left, left side of the line. Let's hope he has that intelligence, Ability. that game intelligence, yeah. especially, like we mentioned, he's probably not going to be in camp right away, unfortunately. Right. So hopefully right. they got a smart one there. I'm not, I have no idea about his intelligence. We haven't yeah. talked much about him. You, you probably know. Where does he fit in there? Oh, I, I think he's. They're definitely going to put him on the left side. I, I don't. I don't think you draft a guy as high as you do unless you, or, really expected him to to be able to play on the left side. Because otherwise, he just would have gone with Worfs from Iowa, uh, who is a true left tackle. But I believe Wills from everything I read, Wills can can flip flop pretty easily. He's he's a very talented guy. So I don't think that's going to be much of a transition for him. He's he's probably played uh, left tackle before there. I, I think it just depends. Like I said, the only reason he was playing right tackle is because Tua, Tua is a left-handed quarterback. So uh, I think I think he should he should fit in well there. Uh, again, offensive linemen in the in the top of the first round make me a little skittish because I'm a Rams fan and we've had to Been deal with our share of share of busts. But Robinson uh, Smith, it, yeah, yeah, yes, Robinson Smith, uh, Barron, and ugh, they just they 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 give me flashbacks. So, but um, anyways, so the Jets are up next. So while we wait on the Jets pick, should we go to pick number one twenty six for the Rams? Let's let's finish this thing off. We're running out. We've been here okay. for a long time. Let's let's knock this baby off the okay. park here. Okay. Um. So number one twenty six. Uh, I listened to your podcast with Michael Stewart the other day, uh, mm-hmm. and and. and uh, I, I'm all on board with Michael Stewart in terms of getting a, a, another safety. I really like uh, to get a guy who could not only play safety but also can have some versatility and maybe play a backup corner role, uh, be good on special teams. I mean, we're talking pick 126, right? So we're we're already in, in, in into the um, into the fourth round. But at pick 126, I want Kayvon Wallace, a safety out of Clemson. So Wallace is a guy who, much like Isaiah Simmons, not nearly as talented, obviously, but Kayvon Wallace played a lot of different positions at Clemson. And he is not can not only play the free safety role, he could play it be a strong safety, he could be a slot corner, he could be an outside corner. He's played he's played basically five second different secondary roles at Clemson throughout his career there. So he's a guy that you could be comfortable with, you know, sliding in as a deep free safety and that's kind of where i envision him playing because i think like like 
like Mike pointed out, I think there's a need there at, at safety in terms of a backup, some depth, uh, mm-hmm. some some sub packages where you might have Taylor, uh, uh, Taylor Rapp and John, John Johnson on the field at the same time in terms of having a third safety, you know, a, as a deep as a deep center fielder. Uh, I like Kayvon, Kayvon Wallace here. Uh, he, he'd immediately contribute as an outstanding one of your best special teams guys. Uh, he, he's, again, another, he's a smart guy. Uh, the f- position flexibility is huge with him. So I really like him. Um, again, he's another guy that seems like he slipped down the board a bit. And, and maybe it's a result of the fact that the draft is, is really deep at different positions. But this guy is a player. And, and you know, whether he can beat out a Jake Gervais or, or Nick Scott in terms of one of those backup uh, safety roles uh, remains to be seen. But he's a guy that you will at least he will be active. He'll be one of the active 48 on game day because of his special teams ability and because of his position flexibility. Because when you you need guys who, you know, with dressing 48 or 46 last year, but 48 this year because of the new CBA. You, you need guys with position flexibility. So he's one of those guys that, that can do that, and I really, really like him. I also like the guy named Reggie Robinson from Tulsa, uh, who's kind of the same guy. He, he played cornerback at Tulsa, but I, I he, he's a guy. I'm not going to spend any time on him, but he, he's another guy that keep an uh, uh, ear out for in terms of a mid-round pick who could play corner and or safety. So... So we so far we have a running back, an inside linebacker, a wide receiver, an edge rusher, and a safety. So who's next? With, who's next? Well, I'm going to go back to back Clemson. You've noticed I've taken a lot of Power Five guys because these guys are used to playing big boy football, and the small school guys, especially because of the environment we're in now, I might take a little more time to go up to sp- get up to speed. So. My pick at 199, which, by the way, Tom Brady was picked number 199 20 years ago, if uh, a little trivia for you. But it was pick number 199, Tremaine Atram, tackle slash guard from Clemson. And he's a, he's a big guy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him other than the fact that he is a big, athletic, wide body. And he could play right tackle. He's probably not a left tackle. He probably doesn't have... Um, I, I said he's athletic. He's athletic for how big he is, but I don't know that he's got the ability to play the left side, but he's definitely a right tackle. You could definitely play him at guard. So he's, again, position flexibility. Rams love position flexibility, especially on the offensive line. So not sure that he he's going to suit up this year. It's going to be a redshirt year for him. I don't know that he makes a 48-man active, but I, I see him as being a developmental guy. So we got him. And then the last pick... Number 234 at this point, which I don't expect it to be 234 once we're said and done because we know Les Snead likes to trade all, up and all around. But I'm going to go quarterback. I'm going to go quarterback. Now, there's t- two guys I really like here, but I'm going to do this really quick. The first guy who fell there who I would be ac- absolutely ecstatic over is Anthony Gordon from Washington State. And watching the Pac-12 as I am an SC fan, uh, this guy, I would say coming out of Washington State, he is a better prospect than what Gardner Minshew was coming out of Washington State last year. And we all know what Minshew did, the stash there at Jacksonville. So I really like Anthony Gordon as a developmental um, three. At, at this point, he's going to be, he'd be a, the third string quarterback. And 
the Jets pick is in. The Jets pick is always interesting because Roger Goodell loves to get booed. So the Jets pick is in, and the Jets select Mackay Becton, offensive tackle, Louisville. He's a boomer bust guy for me. He's okay. this guy's a boomer bust guy for me. I, I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but this this guy. He could be great. He could be an all-pro left tackle. He ran a ridiculous 40 time at the Combine. At 365, he ran 5.01 or something crazy like that. It was a ridiculous, ridiculously great number. But he's a kind of guy, he can eat himself out of the league. So as long as he you know, watches what he consumes um, and from a nutritional standpoint, uh, he's going to be. He, he should be okay. But again, he, this this pick makes me a little bit a little bit nervous because while he is a huge huge guy, he's six seven, three sixty. I mean, he's just a an enormous guy, um, and he played basketball in high school, by the way. But I don't know. He he's one of those guys that you're going to have to kind of monitor. So so we'll see. Could be a great pick, or or maybe not. So. Well, and back to so your quarterbacks we, here. What? When, okay. You had one more option that you were thinking about. And right. Who's that? Right, right. So the other guy is Cole McDonald, who is a, a quarterback from University of Hawaii. And he's a really super athletic, ran a really good 40 time at the Combine, a super athletic guy. He needs a lot of work. He's got, you know, sloppy footwork. Uh, but, you know, he ran that June Jones offense in Hawaii where they throw the ball a ton. And uh, he's got a lot of upside to him. He's got some pretty good size. He's like 6'3", like 220. Again, very athletic. Uh, and he he's a guy that you can work with. Uh, is he ready to play in the NFL in the next two years? Eh, probably not. But he's a guy that you could you could develop and, you know, see what you see what you got. But it's it's a seventh round. And. We're all ready to go home at this point, so it's it's been it, it it's been a long week. Oh boy, has it been? <laughs> it's a long night so, already. We've been on the air for an lo- hour and forty minutes, and it's about time for us to go. We've got through the first ten picks. We have a long first round still yet in front of us. But overall, what were your key takeaways from this first these first ten picks? What did you take from it that I think? is the difference maker. Well, I, 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 I'll go back uh, to, to a, to a in Miami, I think is, is a difference maker for them. Uh, I love that pick for them. Uh, I, I, again, I love the Isaiah Simmons pick for, for Arizona. The fact that the two teams who needed the quarterback and who got their quarterbacks uh, did not have to trade up and give up draft capital in order to get the guy they wanted. I think that was huge. Uh, I'll go back to the Lions being very disappointing. I didn't like that pick at all. And and the Giants pick, I liked a lot because I really do like Andrew Thomas. I think he's a he's a left tackle for the next 10 years and he'll he'll protect uh, Daniel Jones blindside and so I think they did they did well with that. But you know, tomorrow night's another night, right? Tomorrow night's our big night. We're going to have a big group of guests on tomorrow night. I think it'll be a more entertaining show than the one that has my two little girls bopping on here. But we need to get the, the first round done. We need to get the, the, the mock draft out there. And also, give you our perspective on the first 10 picks, I think Isaiah Simmons is – I think that's the big one right there, honestly. I think the Isaiah Simmons yeah. pick is – They stole. They stole him. Tough they for, stole. They yeah. St- yeah. 
they 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 stole him. They absolutely stole him. And uh, you know, so we're gonna have to deal with Isaiah Simmons for the next seven years. We'll see. And, I, and by the way, I like what the Browns did. And I think I like what the Browns are doing overall. The Browns going back to their old uniforms, going back mm-hmm. to the unif- There should only be one type of uniform the Browns wear. That garbage they've right. worn the last how many years? The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like with, with the Rams uniforms. You, you can you can modernize them a little bit, but don't go too far. And hopefully they didn't. We'll find out soon enough. But then the Browns go out there and they get a tackle. And yeah. anybody who watched that Browns-Rams game last year, anybody who watched the Browns play last what, what hurt the Browns wasn't Baker Mayfield. It wasn't uh, even the defense to a large degree. It was the fact they could not keep that guy protected long enough to make his read to get out there. And, you know, that's a problem. Outside of, of course, Freddie Kitchens being a horrible, horrible hire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think uh, you know I think that was a, a great selection. They needed a tackle, and, and they didn't get cute about it, right? They they went right after a, a need, their number one need, you could argue, and and they went out and they got him. So, you know, good for them. I as a guy who spent uh, three four months in Cleveland uh, at the end of the year, uh, I am I've got some some Cleveland Browns uh, friends that I've made out there in Cleveland, so I'm happy for them. And uh, happy for the brownies, as they say. I'm happy for them too. I'm happy in general because by the way, they made the right calls. The uh, the last pick, the last pick was just in, and it's Henry Ruggs. Ooh. He's who's who's a speed guy. Thank God he didn't go to the 49ers, but now the 49ers have. Pretty much their their pick of the the rest of the receivers. They're probably going to go receiver at this point. All right, folks. Well, there you go. There's our first round, first ten coverage. I'll give you our mock. We were a little more informal tonight, just kind of chilling here. Two tomorrow night. We got some guests coming on the show. We got a special analyst, a young man that I met here in Youngstown, Ohio. Last year for my daughter's first basketball game, also football player, a part entered in the draft. He's going to be our analyst. We have possibly a couple uh, a couple of guys from another podcast coming over to, to us tomorrow night as well. I don't, want, I don't want to say who's who because I got, I got to sell a little bit right. So make it tomorrow night for the second and third rounds of the draft. I'm not sure how long we'll go. Definitely through 57. There's a lot of football conversation to be had. And until then... Make sure you follow us on Twitter at TalkGrams. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Steve. Steve will say it right. Go on, Steve. Your Twitter's where? Rams, the letter R, home, 16. So R-A-M-S-R-H-O-M-E, 1-6. There you go. I never say it good enough for you, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm trying to bump my followers up. I'm trying to get into the 70s. So let's make it happen, okay? <laughs> All right, we're available in our podcast. Can be found. Don't forget, we're available on Facebook as well. We have a group too, the Rams Talk Room, where we just bring our stuff in there, bring our podcasts in there, our guys when they're going to talk to as well. So go check it out. In the meantime, we'll see you here tomorrow night. We'll see you Sunday night as well for our big post draft party and all the coverage you can handle. 
For Steve, this is Derek C. Paul saying we're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.